So we're fortunate to have some time, to be able to take some time out of our daily lives to focus on the cultivation of the Dharma and to um, practice these ancient and wonderful teachings and practices that help to quicken our awakening. which isn't necessarily always an easy process you know, to wake up. Um, we're not necessarily always going to wake up to, uh, to living in Camelot anymore. <laughs> we don't live in Camelot. Our earth, uh, are the times that they're in, they're very challenging, they're very difficult. In some ways, we're waking into a sort of nightmare, really, in terms of the greater context of our lives and what's happening on the planet, in terms of our sustainability, not only of ourselves, but of all beings. So it's not easy to wake up in the circumstances we find ourselves in at this time. And also, we wake up uh, to different parts of ourselves that aren't always easy to meet. But this is part of the the skill and the power of the teaching is help to to support us in this awakening and to help to draw forth beneath and more profoundly than the challenges we face is the purity, the original purity of the mind and the heart. This is our most profound inheritance that we have as human beings, is this profound awakened nature uh, we just don't always recognize its presence and its manifestation and its luminosity and its depth as it uh, appears within our being, within our lives, here and now. But to help us recognize this depth, to help us bear the process of awakening, we have an opportunity to apply these ancient teachings from the Buddha. This was one of the great wisdom schools that we've inherited as humanity, is the Buddhist tradition. However, it's manifested through its two and a half thousand years of history in all sorts of different cultures and expressions. One can look at the essential teachings and find it very relevant to our times to each of us, however we find ourselves in whatever our cultural, geographical, ethnic background, whatever the context we're in, these teachings are applicable. Whether we're here at Cloud Mountain, living in North America, Canada, or whether I've been living for many years in Southern Africa, or in Europe or wherever, whatever circumstance, because this, the essence of this, this teaching is to, to help us reflect on the nature of our human experience. The suffering, as the Buddha taught, he taught, said that he taught uh, a way of reflecting on this essential experience of what he called dukkha, or suffering, unsatisfactoriness, struggle, and then bringing about the ending of that suffering and struggle through the application of what's called the magga, or path, activity of the path. Magga hatta kilesawa, the Buddha said, matta 
This makahatakilesawa means the activity of the path breaks up that which obstructs, breaks up that which obstructs our ability to really recognize this awakened nature. So during this retreat together, during this time together, whether we have 10 days as we have now, or whether we have a, a week, or whether we have an hour meditation session, or whether we have a minute, whether we have one breath, we can always attune our practice to this application of path activity. And then as the path activity bit by bit deepens and develops and we gain skill in the activity of this path of awakening, then naturally the fruits of that path ripen. There's a ripening that begins to happen. We might have moments of insight, moments of awakening, but there's a process of the ripening of that awakening. This is what the the Buddha called, although in truth, and in the depth of realization, awakening, the awakened nature, the luminous nature, is always here and now and always present. The full ripening of that awakening and our understanding of it is a gradual process, as the Buddha said, in the same way as the slope into the ocean is gradual until there's a sudden drop into the depth. Or as if one's walking into the mist and then suddenly one becomes wet. One didn't know at the point that happened, but there was a gradual process of walking and then suddenly there's a shift. The shift happens, shifts happen. So this coming into retreat and actually applying the heart of this path activity, the practice of meditation, is one of the most quickening ways of bringing about the fruition of our awakening. The practice of these different facets, there's so many different facets of meditation or bhavana, as the Buddha called it, development, cultivation of this heart and mind. But this is considered one of the, the essential ways of really um, quickening this path of awakening, maturing this path of awakening. So we have a great fortune, really, to have the space to do this together. This path, the Buddha said, there's a lovely teaching in one of the essential texts, Buddhist text called the Dhammapada. There's a very essential um, teaching that the Buddha gave, which sums up the whole of this path activity, where he said to refrain from the unwholesome, to lift up and cultivate the wholesome, and to purify the heart. This is the teachings of all the Buddhas. So if anyone came to you and said, well, what's all this meditation, what's all this Buddhism about, then you could actually say that. To refrain from the unwholesome, to lift up the wholesome within the heart, and to purify the heart. This is the teaching of all the Buddhas. And this is what we'll be exploring and applying during this time together. As we begin refraining from the unwholesome, akusala, which means the the intentionality and the activities that we engage with as human being, which generates 
suffering, unwholesome effects for us personally and within this world that we live, that we have, the more mindful, the more aware we, we are, the more discerning we are, we have the power to choose not to perpetrate, perpetuate, unwholesome, the unwholesome. So as we enter retreat, we agree one of the foundations for this practice is to agree and to enter what's called the training of the precepts to refrain from taking of life, to practice harmlessness, to refrain from taking what's not meant for us, what's not given, what's not offered, to refrain from, in this retreat, we've been practicing celibacy for 10 days, which means we have an opportunity to gather our energies, emotional, sexual energies, and to begin to focus them into this practice of cultivation of the path, cultivation of meditation. This isn't a judgment value about sexuality. This is a practice that one can undertake for the sake of this inner gathering. But the precept talks about using the, the, our sexuality and our senses in ways that are skillful, that are wholesome, that are honouring of our body and the bodies of others that are honouring of our emotions and the emotions of others, that are honouring of the capacity we have for intimacy and for love in ways that can bring about beauty and connection. So this is a, this is a training on this retreat that we undertake, is to gather our energies more inwardly, sensual, sexual, emotional energy so that we can contain and reflect on them. To practice wholesome speech, well, during this retreat, that's pretty easy because we'll be in silence, but it's actually, in a way, in the daily life, it is one of the more challenging precepts to reflect on, to use our speech uh, in ways to further uh, authenticity, honesty, truthfulness, accord, rather than for misleading or division or speaking harshly. Meaningless speech is one of the ways that we also train to reflect on the power of speech. The retreat here, again, the silence that we're observing during this time isn't, isn't meant to be a cold or distancing or punishing silence, but actually it allows us to, to listen more deeply and to listen beneath the social personas that we have and so that as we do so, we can actually hear our interconnectedness and not only with each other, but within the natural world, with the earth, with every living thing. There, there's, as we listen to the depth of our being, the depth of our heart, we know we begin to know one of the facets of awakening is to know the profound intimacy of all things. This is the, our nature. We're not divided and separated out. In our truth, we are a part of everything. Everything is a part of us. And as we, you know, we move from the multiplicity and complexity of the mind and go back to the root of the mind, the profound awareness of the mind, we begin to touch through the silence, into that connected connection that we have. 
with our being, with our body, with our breath, and with each other, with this world, with this earth, with all beings. And then the last precept is to refrain from using intoxicants that distort our consciousness and leads to carelessness. So to here we're working with the consciousness we have and it will change. Some days we'll feel great, some days we'll feel horrible. And you know, this is a great opportunity on a retreat to sort of detox <laughs> from all the stuff we throw in the body to try and help us just get through and override the unpleasant emotions and feelings that we might experience. So we, 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 you know, I'll be guiding us through this as we work. We start to work with what our body, mind, feeling, tone, whatever is there, and this is what we become awakened to, rather than uh, distorting our experience through the use of distraction and through our addictive behaviours. So that's not always easy, you know, because we mind flips away, flicks away from discomfort, but it is uh, an activity to be more present that begins to bring us some strength and some capacity to be with the reality of life. As one great Tibetan teacher said, the practice of meditation is becoming more realistic, becoming more real. It takes a lot of strength to be real. So this is also something we will be cultivating to so in the refraining from the unwholesome, the lifting up the wholesome in the meditation, we practice and draw on the strengths that we have, the spiritual faculties, with our ability to have faith and confidence in our practice, our cultivation of the use of wise effort, the cultivation of mindfulness, the cultivation of what's called samadhi, or the gathering of our energies, the body, heart and mind, the inquiry and discernment of wisdom, cultivation of compassion, gentleness with ourselves as we go through this process. One can never be kind enough and compassionate enough to ourselves. In, in allowing ourselves to meet ourselves, to meet our body, to meet our experience, to meet our breath. And to purify the heart, this last stanza of this great teaching, profound and pithy teaching, this meditation is really about helping the heart to recognize our true heart, our authentic heart, and also to purify, to let go of that which is not really needed, which weighs us down, which obstructs the tendencies and patterns and habits of the mind that lead us into, into un unnecessary suffering, unnecessary worry, unnecessary stress, unnecessary inner ways that we sabotage and undermine and devalue ourselves our being. That takes patience. So this meditation, it's a wonderful process. It's not just one, throw one technique at, uh, at, at ourselves and just sort of hope that it will do everything 
it needs a, you know, a lot needs a lot of flexibility and skill and applications of some practices and methods, but it's all of this happens within the context of a lot of patience, a lot of willingness to start again, even if we're an expert, even if we've been practicing for for many, many years, many, many lifetimes. Essentially we always begin again here and now, all of us are in that way beginning. And adjusting our attitude here and now, we begin with how it is again and again and again. A lot of patients, this is how it is now, and then however our experience is now, we work with that. One minute, very pleasant, very profound, very gathered, very focused, the next, all over the place. Caught up in some one of these patterns worry, fear, anxiety, dread, doubt, all of this will come to visit us. And all of it's workable, whatever, whatever we experience, whatever comes up for us, it's all workable. Nothing's outside of the Dharma. So it's a great um, honour and privilege to be able to do this retreat with you. I'm very grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that I've made it too, that we've all made it. Um, And I hope during this retreat we can dedicate our work. Although we're here and in some ways we're withdrawing from life, from society, from the world that's burning up. We're not apart from that world. Our consciousness, it's the quality of our consciousness really that makes the difference ultimately in our activity. So the more awakened we are in our awakening process and we're taking that out into the world, it will have a more potent effect. And also as we're here practicing, the world is with us, it will be with us. It's not about practicing to just completely try and cut it all away and get rid of everything. It's not about that. It's about really profoundly understanding what is the world and looking at the nature, the reality of the world. The more profoundly we see that world, the more profoundly we realize that there isn't any out there or in there or getting away or getting caught. You know, it's just a question of really being able to see that as we practice here and awaken here, it will inevitably ripple out and have a positive effect, a healing effect within the world around us. So maybe dedicate our practice that we're doing during this retreat, may we dedicate it to our families, to our communities, to the society, to this world, that is all appearing and all happening within this one heart, this one awareness. <laughs> 